Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. Let's get in the word. You guys want to? I'm, do you guys, I'm going to, I love coaching. I, I think a lot of this is coaching that you, that we go through here in this room, but tonight I'm going to pastor you. And, um, and I just want to tell you, I want to preface this with God absolutely unequivocally loves you. He loves everything about you. You have swept God off his feet and you'll think, ah, but man, I, I don't know that I've been living right. Or I don't know that I'm telling you in, in all of your frailties, in all of your misgivings, in all of your errant steps, in all of your iniquity in all of your sin, God absolutely loves you. And, and, and here's, what the, here's how the word describes it. God's constantly mindful of you. He can't get you off his mind. He's like, oh my gosh, they, have, they're, they're, they make up all my thoughts, okay? He does or she does. And, and, but the other thing is, the Bible calls us the apple of his eye. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm, the, I'm his favorite. That's why God can favor me because we're his favorite. You have to understand that. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul writes and he says, as it's written, I hasn't seen nor ear heard nor has, and then, and then added this, listen, nor has entered into the heart of man the great things that God has prepared. Underline, highlight, write that in your notes, that God has has more than you can imagine prepared for you, for just, for you loving him. But listen, he has it for you. The Bible says this, God withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. The Bible says, I hasn't seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered in the heart of man, the, the great things that God has prepared for us. He's prepared it for us. Let me tell you, when we start thinking, I believe that there is a timing aspect to God's will. I believe it's determined by us. I know that sounds, I, I know that, I, 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 I can't imagine what maybe people on the internet that have got an axe to grind or some hate in them <clears throat> can do with that. But if you think about it, think about this. He sent his word and healed us. All of it's past tense. Redundant past tense. That he withholds no good thing. So it's like if you're thinking that your ship's going to come in, when, when God times for it to happen, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. The word doesn't make sense to me. When we think that this is, it's all about us being on the receiving end of what God has already provided us. I mean, if we, if we look at it, I hasn't seen nor heard nor seen in the heart of man, the great things God's prepared for those. Like, there's so much. You can't imagine what God has prepared for you. We can't. We can't, we, we can't formulate our, our it, it, it's mind-blowing. Okay, and I know that the, the world's got all the artificial, all this stuff that it's like, oh my gosh, technology's just taking over. Stop thinking that. Stop saying that. Technology doesn't take over. I've submitted my life to God's word. I've submitted my life to God's will. 
So now, guess what? His, his promises come into play in my life. And how does the Bible describe his promises? They're yes and amen. They're yes and so be it. So now it's like, wait a second, okay, they're yes, and, they're yes and so be it. Why am I waiting on God to do anything? He's already done it. He's already provided, provided it for me in mass, more than I could ever handle. Like, you just think the way God does anything is the way he does everything. Prove me now in this, that I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that it'll be so great you can't receive it. You won't be, what are you gonna do with it? And we're worried about inflation. And we're worried about gas prices. And we're worried about elections. And we're worried about wars. And we're worried about rumors of wars. When God has, has supplied for us more than we could ever imagine. See, in another instance, it says more than we need. More than we need. God supplied more than we need. Well, then he goes farther with it. And he says more than you could ever formulate in your mind. More than you could ever imagine. See, what we have to understand is God loves us. Everything else is conditional upon our trust, trusting him. And let me tell you, trust is huge. Because right now, it's like, well, who can we trust? Well, here, let me help you. The word's real clear. Let every man be a liar and the word of God be the truth. So who do we trust? We trust God's word. I trust people that are speaking God's word. I trust I, and, and see, and with that trust, I'm pastoring you, with that trust comes covenant. I, tr- I absolutely trust Scott Houston, a man of God, a gentleman, knows the word, lives the word. And, but see, but so what happens now? It's covenant. I don't know in our relationship that Scott's ever said no to me. I don't know that I've ever said no to him. And we've known each other for probably 35 years. But see, we, we have to look at this, this covenant thing. God's never going to say no to us. See, some of you guys were, were sat in religious circles that you've got to let go of religion. Because People, people will preach, well, you know, we asked God to heal her and he must have said no because nothing happened. You, do you understand? God doesn't refer to himself. He said, he, he matter of factly says, I'm not a yes and no God. I'm a yes God. So his promises are what? His promises fall into play. They're, they're yes and amen. They're yes and so be it. And I know this messes with a lot of your doctrine. But I think that's what church should do. I think that's what a pastor should do. See, a pastor should mess with your doctrine. Because let me tell you, what we don't want to live is on the fringe. We want to be smack dab in the middle of the will of God. And how do we do that? Write this down. Take a picture of it on the screen. Thank God that you have it. Clarity of purpose. Clarity of purpose. Sandy and I, every, I, I, I told a neighbor of mine this just today. Every day, he asked me, he said, how do, how'd you pray for your kids? I said, every day, Sandy prayed long, flowery prayers. She spent time with them. She tucked them in. She did. My prayer was real quick, real simple. God, I prayed a hedge of protection about them. But then I just said, God, that they fulfill, he fulfills his purpose and marries the right person. 
Good night. Well, why? Because without a clarity of purpose, purpose never comes into play. How do we gain a clarity of purpose? We study. We, we study God's word to show ourselves approved. We read it. We hear it. We speak it. We, we, we discuss it. We, we allow it into every part of our lives. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no revelation, other translations say vision. I like the New King James. Where there's no revelations, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. See, what's happened in the New and Better Covenant, the law has become the spirit of the law now, not the letter of the law. Do you understand that? Same law, but it's the, it's the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. The letter of the law does what? It kills. The spirit of the law gives life. See, so now the spirit of the law, that we keep the spirit of the law, what does the Bible say? The Bible says we're happy. It's, it, it's so funny. It's um, Woods, one, one of our grandbabies, I'll FaceTime with him, and, and he, he's at that age, and let me tell you, any, any grandfathers in here, any, and even fathers, this worked. I mean, how old is Woods, Sandy? Two? He's in that age where he's like, where, where are you? I want to I see. When are you going to come see me? Let's go swim. Let's, let's throw the football. Let's, or what, it, I mean, he's two years old, but I'm, I'm a big deal to him, and I know that that's just a phase. I know that's just a window in his life, okay? But, but it, it's interesting because he'll, he'll say, hey, Rev, hey, are you happy? Yes, I'm happy. I'm talking to you. He goes, I'm happy too. And, and it's interesting because happy's a big deal for him. Um, he, he was whining about something in Brooklyn, and um, Taylor parents this way too, and I guess Kennedy does too. I don't know where they got it from her. But um, um, they'll say, you better get happy. Like, like, like Taylor, if his kids start fussing or whining, he'll say, look, I don't care if you fuss and whine, just close your mouth. Well, try to fuss and whine with your mouth closed. You can't, it's like, and you're dealing with a little kid and you're, so, but, but he was fussing and Brooke said, you better get happy or I'm going to spank you. He came back in like a minute later and goes, mama, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, this may, this may not be that you're going crazy or you're living your life off the rails that you'd cast off restraint. I think casting off restraint for most people like us is that we're just in the wrong gear and we're just on the wrong track. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, I was riding my Harley and I was on highway, old Highway 66 this week and, and I, was, I was going and I, and I looked and I looked and I, I had another gear, and I hit, I hit into fifth gear, and then I had another gear, so I hit into sixth gear, and I thought, huh, this, this bike rides a lot better when I'm in the appropriate gear for the speed I'm going. And see, I think a lot of people, we cast off restraint, we just get in the wrong gear, or we get on the wrong track. We're still rolling. Where are we going? We're going somewhere, but no, we got to get on, on the right track. See, that's what pastoring does. What I can do is I can, I can bring you to green pastures, fresh water, and protection, covering, 
Pastor Sandy's great at If you sit down, if you're going, you sit down and you talk to her for 10 minutes, you're going to find green pasture and fresh water. And see, that right there is worth the price of admission. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus said this, and this is interesting when we think about the timing of God, when we think about the provision of God, God's promise, when we think about God loving us, Jesus said, look, ask and it'll be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. This is a, everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if he has a son, asks for bread, will give him a stone. Or asks for fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? Here's what's interesting. That the, the, in the Greek there, it's not just ask and seek and knock. It's keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. But here's the interesting thing. The interesting thing, and what Paul said is you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask amiss. We're not, it's not really asking like we're thinking. It's, it, it, it's just us. See, because what this is, if we know that God loves us, us asking and seeking and knocking for that sure thing is just us honoring him. It's us not taking him for granted. See, and I think that us taking God for granted you know, and there was a time, and it's been probably 20 or 25 years ago, man, I had such strong revelation of God's healing provision that somebody asked me to pray for him, and I went to the hospital, and I was, I was laying hands on him, and I realized, wait a second, I'm just, I'm just repeating what the Word says, which is powerful because it's the rhema Word of God, because I'm speaking God's Word. But I'm not, it's, it's funny. It, I, 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 this is, in retrospect, this is how it was. I was thinking, God, here, I got this. God, I know your word, I got this. And, it, and you guys might think, well, you're an idiot. Well, yeah, but I, because I just know the word. God, I don't, God I, don't, I don't need, here, I got this. I, there's power in the word. I know the word, I got but it's like, wait a second. I'm not leaving God out of anything. I'm putting God first in everything. So now you ask what happens. You seek what happens. You knock what happens. See, this is a shirt, write that. And, and you could go back to, to that, those verses and you could, in the margin, just write, this is an absolute. It's a sure thing. See, and that's what we have to understand. God's will which becomes the purpose of our lives, is absolute. How about this? God withholds no... How, how about this? All your needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you understand? That's an absolute, but it's conditional upon you trusting that word. That's where the conditions are. God loves you. It's unconditional. Your needs being met are very conditional. You receiving the healing provision of God is very provisional. You being happy is you trusting the spirit of the law. 
And happiness factors in. And right now, let me tell you, social media, the narrative of the world is talking everybody they can into anxiety and depression. Everybody. And I'm telling you, this, uh, it, it, anybody with any open door in their life, anybody that's got any, like a, like a weak ac- aspect of their character are going to fall prey to it. But I'm telling you, you've got to have your guard up. And what that guard is, and here's what's interesting, above all, taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one, nothing will by any means harm you, but you've got that shield of faith. What are you putting your faith in? What are you putting your trust in? I'm putting my trust, I'm putting my trust in God's promise, absolutely. And I'm not factoring God out. I'm putting God first. I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, and it's a sure thing. Mark 12, 28 says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard, heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked Jesus this, which is the, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered and said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first, and what he was saying, ultimate commandment. And the the second, like it, is this. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. And there's no other commandments greater than these. Now, we read this, and now it just kind of, it, it, it just kind of, the, the word kind of trails off. And we're thinking, okay, the importance is love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And those are the greatest. And then, we, as, even if we keep reading, it kind of just tails off a little bit. But if we don't let it tail off, listen to this truth. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher. (laughs) You've spoken the truth, for there is one God and there's no other but he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, with all your strength. To love one's neighbor as yourself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. He's bringing religion into it. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, This is amazing, and I believe this is where most people live. Okay, I'm pastoring you right now. Most people live in this next statement. You're not far from the kingdom of God. And then after that, nobody dared ask ask a question. But here, he agreed with Jesus, but Jesus said this, you're not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far from God's way of doing things. See, you're not not far from this because now you have to live it. That's what he's telling that guy. You're not far from it. Man, I think that all you guys that minister to people, they're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're so close. You're right there. You know, I mean, there's, there's people that will pray for that are, are, have a diagnosis or an illness or a disease, and, and it'll be like, oh my gosh, things are rolling. And then they'll say, I hope this works. We're like, I mean, 
How many times is that? I mean, it's, it's like, oh my gosh. It, it's, and, and we have to look at it. You're not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far from God's, God's way of doing things. Why do we offer, why do we offer a party on the plaza and in the, on the lawn tonight? Why do we offer all the services that we have? Why do we offer the activities that we, that we do? Why do we offer the groups? Why do we offer the events? Why? We're trying to help you live this. See, hearing it is different than living it. What does the word say? Don't be hearers of the word only. Be doers of the word. See, there's two things that we're to be doers of, the word and the work. So, man, it, it, it's time for you to get on a team. It's time for you to be a part of Team Guts. It's time for you to be a, a, a parker, a greeter, a seater, a, a help, help distribute food, help at Friday groceries. What, what, whatever it is, you got to, why? Why? Because we're helping you live this. You're living it out. It's almost a practice field for life. You know, it's interesting because on this staff, I dare you tonight to go out and find a piece of trash on our property. We got 30 acres. Go look for trash. Okay? And Ryan will give you 10 bucks for every piece of trash that you give him. But because, why? Because it's a fireable offense to, for anybody on staff here to walk by a piece of trash. And, and here's what's interesting. I'll be out in the public and there'll be somebody will flick a cigarette and I'll be with a staff person. They'll go pick up that cigarette. And they'll make sure it's extinguished and they'll put it in their pocket or they'll throw it in the, in the trash. Why? Because we're not just doing that here. See, what God's counting on us is God's counting us to leave places we're at better than we got there. And I, I know that sounds, listen, it is that simple. If that's, if that's what you leave your life by, and the world calls it the golden rule, you treat others the way you want to be treated, but you leave, you leave your in-law's house better than when you got there. You leave your office better than when you got there. See, that you actually live the word. You live your life in God's promises. See, it's not just, well, I believe God's a healer. No, I live in healing. See, you understand, I like to pray and I like to profess there's salvation on your lips and there's healing in your hands. And you might say, well, there's nothing special about my hands. What, pastor, is it a point of contact? The Bible never refers to it as a point of contact. The Bible just says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Do you understand? Jesus didn't tell us to go pray for the sick. He told us to go heal the sick. So I'm not going to go, oh my gosh. That's no pressure. There's healing in my hands. Whether you receive it or not, it's up to you. See, but, but here's how this works. You've got to renew your mind. And then you've got to set your mind on it. You've got to anchor your mind. Then you've got to think on these things. Then you've got to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. And there are steps to triumph that you have to take. If you're standing still, if you're sitting in your Barco lounger, you are not going to win. This is a life we've got to be moving. What did Jesus say? Follow me. Where, where is he going to take us? He's going to take us to the highways and the hedges. He's going to take us to the lepers. He's going to take us to the poor. He's going to take us to the little children. And you know what? 
Man, 2,000 years ago, they're like, these kids are driving us crazy. And Jesus said, but we're going to suffer the little kids. Man, love those guys. Take every thought captive. You've got to guard your heart. And you'll say, why? Because there's treasure there. The heart of the lion of the tribe of Judah beats on the inside of you now. There's the treasure of the kingdom is within you. It resides within you. Well, you know, America's just going, we're just losing America. We're the church, we don't lose. We're the church in America. We win. Everything we put our hand to prospers. Why aren't you prospering? You're not putting your hand to it. Or, or, or why? Because why? you're not doing the word. You're not doing the work. Do you understand? Both of those are stated. Do the work. Do the word. Do the work. Man, here's Timothy. Thirty thousand people in his church. No amplification. Young man. The first letter. I, I, I don't even. I don't even like saying this because it sounds so awkward. The first letter Paul wrote him. Historians think that he was 15 or 16 years old. <laughs> Paul's just saying, man, take responsibility. Do the work of an evangelist to make foolproof your ministry. Get out of the weeds, man. Yeah, but, but there, I, 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 have, I have so much debt. What am I going to do? You give your way out of debt. You stop using your credit card for a little bit. And Pastor Sandy and I, I don't, I, I don't know how many times, maybe 20 times in the almost 40 years we've been married, we'll sit down and she'll say, hey, let's, let's, not, let's not spend any money for a while. And every time, I'm down. I'm okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And what happens? It builds up. Why? Because we're trusting God. We're tithing. We're giving. We're working as of unto the Lord. I don't like my job. Stop it. You know that? The, you know, hold it. That's like saying I don't like the Lord. You'll say, well, my, my boss is a jerk. That's like saying Jesus is a jerk. I don't know. Let the dead bury the dead might be a jerk. But see, we look at it. We think, wait a second. I'm working as of unto the Lord. When God looks at you, he sees you're hidden in Christ. So now you know what you do? You hide your boss. You hide your employees. You hide your job. You hide your home. You hide your, your spouse. You hide them all in Jesus. It's like, oh my gosh, I see them everywhere. And see, that's what is amazing about this life. I'm glad you came. That this is me pastoring you. God loves you. Ask, you receive. Seek, you find. Knock, the door will be open to you. It's a sure thing. I'm, I'm just telling you, God's betting on you. He really is. See, we, we're all, we think we're going all in. Like, hey, God, I'm going all in. I'm betting on this. Because God's already bet on you. 
God's already gone all in, and it's a sure thing. Why are you looking at me like this? God, I thank you for every person in this room. God, every household. God, we thank you for your word. God, it's life to us. It's health to our flesh. God, I thank you that we receive it tonight with gladness. And God, I thank you in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now that no evil shall befall us nor any plague come near where we live. God, I thank you for your promise that's alive all about our lives. That everything we put our hand to prospers because your promise covers everything we put our hand to. And we receive it by faith tonight in the name of Jesus. Can everybody in the room say this prayer with me? Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'm trusting you, God, and I mean it with everything. God, I thank you that my heart is stayed upon you. My mind is set upon your promises. God, I'm going to heaven because Jesus is Lord of my life, and I'll never smell the scent of hell. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.